Just felt God's heart for you this morning was to encounter his love in order that love flows back from him. He's the source of family. He's the, the source of family. And so I just want to invite you, your invitation is, Lord, come to me as much as I come to you. I'm my beloved and he is mine. Actually, it's, it's, it's both and, isn't it? You know, if you're a Christian, your inheritance is love that flows out into obedience. I was brought up at great churches, evangelical churches, but my understanding of being a Christian was obedience. And sort of love, well, how does that happen? And uh, over the last five years, I've just found that was the wrong way around. People graciously were teaching the Bible, and I understood it well, but I thought it was all about obedience rather than love. And as I had revelation, God showed me, the Bible's from start to finish is full of overtures of love to mankind. God so loved the world he gave. He said, wow, God loves him. And suddenly then, I want to obey you, Lord. I want to trust you. And it's out of delight. I feel like that's God's invitation to you. You know, Jesus says in John 17, I've come, I, I've, I've come to reveal with the Father. You think, what's the Father like that these people talk about? Read Matthew, Mark, Luke and John and you see the Father, if you like, in the flesh. Jesus, everything he said was from the Father. Everything he did was the Father. He revealed the Father. Uh, and Hebrews says, doesn't he? He's, he's the image. Jesus is the image. Exact representation of God. Think, what does God like? Look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. So the words I have for you in my mind is that you will be a, a Father's house. Be a Father's, Father's house. A house that lives in connection to the Father. Do you want to click the next slide? Thanks. Just, here's a little passage from Ephesians. So this is Paul, the apostle. He's praying for the Ephesian church. And this is his heart. For this reason, so he's talking about Jew and Gentile, God raising up people. He says, for this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family Every family in heaven and earth derives its name. Paul was, I said, Father, I come to you. Paul's heart for mission and apostolic uh, spread over the whole of the, that uh, Mediterranean area. He comes, Father, Father. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he's praying for his church. Whose glorious riches? The Father's. He might strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. And out of this, so that Christ... Christ might dwell in your hearts. And uh, he goes on, you can read that. Paul knew that the launch place of everything that God had to do, grasping how high and wide, yes, Lord, it flows from, I kneel before the Father. I just love his attitude. You know, Jonathan Edwards, uh, I think it's 17th century, uh, Christian in uh, mid-America, he said, Christianity is a religion of the heart. It's a religion of the heart. Now that's, depending on your history like mine, I thought it was a religion of obedience. And I was a good Christian. And I thought, oh, if only I could do stuff that other, no, because it's about obedience, so I try really hard. So it was about performance. Also, our culture, UK culture, really values 
not heart, it values intellect and analysis. So we lift up that. Our whole education system is, is built around the process of uh, objectivity and think it through. Christianity, Middle Eastern Christianity, first century world was how you touch and you experience and uh, you understand by using your senses. So the academic distance that we value, it just won't, that's, that's not the language of the Bible. So you know, uh, I think it's uh, Jeremiah 31 where, is it 31? Anyway, where the prophet he speaks about, I'm going to write the, God says, I shall write my law in your hearts. You know that? Okay, it's about the new covenant that Jesus has come to say, actually, I'm going to put a new heart in you. At the end of the passage, he says, God says, they will all know me. The fruit of God writing his law in our hearts is know me. And the know is yada um, in Hebrew, which which is an intimate knowing. Adam knew Eve. Okay, you've met my wife, so you think, I, I know Corinne. See, I know her. Okay, in every way, in the intimacy, in the love. That's what God calls us to, to know him. Not know about. It's good to know about too. It's good to understand. But to know. To, to know about. That's his invitation. To know it. And so, uh, one of the things I, I just felt God wants you to... So you could all look at this uh, and you think, yeah, it's green. And uh, we could measure its diameter and think, okay, well, underneath here it's a temperature of whatever and roasting hot sun. So you can all look at it, you, you can do it now, you can, you can know about it. But imagine it's baking hot. Please let it be a hot summer this year, eh? Imagine it's 30 degrees and you've got some nice coke on ice, some little barbecue over here. I just need to get out of the sun. It's not enough just to, oh, there's a nice umbrella. It's hot out here. So too, we can... God loves. God is love. Yeah, God loves them. I'm trying really hard, Lord, just to live my life as a good Christian. Father, Son and Holy Spirit, they call God's Father, God's Son, God the Holy Spirit. Why do we live our lives here? Why do I so readily live my life here? When God says, you all know me. And uh, Paul, Galatians and Romans 8, doesn't he say, the spirit in us cries out, Abba, Father. You know, Abba, Papa. Where does God want you and I to live? Let's have a, a, a couple of people who help me. I need a... Corinne, you come and be, I need a Father, Son and the Holy Spirit. Can you, can you two come and help? Is that right? Okay. So here we have the Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Would you like to go under? Who wants to be the Son? Doesn't matter. 
You know, son in the Bible terms isn't just males. So it's not that our ladies were, well, where do we fit? Actually, sons is about inheritance. Bible sons inherit from the father. Okay, so we could call them children. But there's the father, son, son of God, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. The Bible says they were in perfect, they existed before anything else. They have all, there was never a time that they, they were not. Somebody wrote, so we've got the Father, Son, and they're in perfect love, perfect community. They're in perfect relationship. Okay? Out of this relationship, the Spirit hovering over the deep, says in Genesis, and they created. The Father, the Son, and the Spirit created. Now they were created two people, and the two people, Adam and Eve, who were under here too, it says in Genesis, God says, okay, Adam, you can call the animals what you make up the names. You, that's it. And I want you to rule the earth. I want you to fill it. And it was great. Adam and Eve, they lived in this perfect relationship. And God used to come down. He used to walk with them. What, what, was it, what did that look like? God walked and he talked with them. Can you imagine? He said, okay, what, a, what have you named today, Adam? And he said, oh, look at that one over there. And he said, I've called it a, a hippopot. You've called it what? And, uh, you know, can you just imagine the interaction? Because what have you done? Well, I've, I've cleared all this ground here and we're going to, we're going to sow some crops. And so there was a beautiful, perfect relationship between Adam and Eve and the, the God. They were connect, they were in perfect community. How wonderful that is. But you know, the tragedy is, there was a day where Adam and Eve, the man and woman, basically gave the finger to God and said, we, we, we will not do what you say, we will do it our way. And God has said, you can eat any tree you like, any fruit you like, absolutely anywhere except there's one tree. And what did they do? They were deceived. They stepped out of God's will and they said, actually that looks better, we're going to have that one. And at that moment, this perfect relationship was broken. And uh, God and man, there was a separation. And uh, there was blame. God comes and he said, uh, and Adam, what, what went on? And he said, well, she told me. And uh, God said, okay, Eve, what are you doing? And she said, well, it was the serpent, the devil. And... Uh, and then they looked at themselves and thought, oh, we feel really shameful. We feel full of, they felt blame and they felt shame. And then God, actually there's going to be pain. And it wasn't long before their children, one of them killed each other. And maybe many of us, we know just the same language of blame and shame and pain. And it's all because we stepped out of that perfect relationship. But the Bible, which is great, from start to finish, says there's a plan. There's a plan coming. So even in their nakedness, even when they were full of shame, God came and he, he gave them some skins to cover them. How, where did the skins come from? An animal was killed. So right at the start, God's saying, okay, there's going to be a sacrifice to cover your shame. It's going to be a sacrifice. And if we read right through the book, we see there's instructions. Okay, you kill a lamb or you kill a dove. There's going to be this and there's going to be that. And it keeps pointing. There's a sacrifice coming. There's a sacrifice coming. And then, glorious day, a son is born to Mary called Jesus the Christ, the anointed one, and he will save his people from his sins. Jesus grows up 30 years, dies on the cross, buried. God raised him up 
on the third day. Hallelujah. What was happening in that death and resurrection? It wasn't just Jews and Romans getting frustrated with some rebel. It was God saying, I want to repair this relationship. And as Jesus died, he shouted out, it is finished. What was finished? The work to enable me and you to live here. So Jesus, who's Jesus? Can you be Jesus, Steve? Go and find, go and find someone. Yeah. Go and find someone. Jesus, it says in John, Jesus came to, no, sorry, Luke, seek and save. So Jesus left his father. Brill, thank you. Yeah. When you got saved, when you became a Christian, you gave your life to Christ, you had a new address. You have moved in. Where's Christ? With the Father. You're in Christ. Where are you now? If you're in Christ, this is right where you are now. So Ephesians says, we're seated with Christ. So we could, hey, Holy Spirit, <laughs> Father, we belong in this place. So maybe you think you're here and you think, I don't know this Christ. This Christ is the only way to be here. It's not through trying hard, but through Christ we can live in the shadow of his wing, the shadow of the Almighty. Isn't it wonderful? Maybe you think, oh, I'm a Christian, but I live out here. You start to I belong to him. He's here. Many Christians, we think, I have to each day try to get to the top of the ladder. I prayed, I fasted, I read my Bible. Oh, I swore at the cat and, and whatever it would be. The Bible says, this is where you live. The lie is that you live down here. The truth is you live here. The truth is this is your home. The lie is you don't fit here. You don't belong here. You are already adopted the lie is, oh, I'm not. Because the devil, you know, he cannot change reality. But if he can change our perception of reality through lies, okay, the reality is you belong to Christ. That's the reality. But if he can twist that, so what? Uh, I belong to Christ, yeah, but I'm over here. Which is like he likes to exclude us because he's an orphan. He likes to persuade us. You don't fit in. You don't belong. He doesn't love you like those. Thank you, Father, Son, and Spirit. Thank you very much. So how did Jesus express it? He saw Jerusalem, the city that was full of hatred for him, and they were going to kill him. He's, he's under here. He says, Jerusalem, I want to gather you like chicks. I want to be like a... This is God speaking. I want to gather you like a hen with chicks. And that's what I feel for you this morning. God wants to gather you. He wants to gather you. What about, what about manly Christianity? I think, yes, please God. When he gathers us, he then says, right, you're together. He's a rider on the white horse and he leads his army. We're going. But first of all, it's be gathered to him. Because then when I'm gathered, see if I'm over here, and I meet someone who's not like me. Uh, so I'm a Christian. I'm trying hard to witness, and they come and or they or they make me feel uncomfortable, and or they don't really fit me. And I don't like them around because I'm out here. It's much harder to get on. And I try very hard to like you, but oh, you say things and you do things, and you just don't fit. Oh, 
But when I'm here, hey, I'm loved by the Father. Hey, homeless, broken, don't fit, but come here too. When we minister out of being under the Father's love, because we found acceptance, we find much bigger heart. I know, because I've tried it out here, and I've tried it. <laughs> Lord, let us be those who live here, because then... And if you've seen people under an umbrella, if you get a whole bunch of people, there's lots of laughter and jollity. It's great, isn't it? You think, oh, I just want that, you know, people are trying all to get out of the rain. That's how God wants as a family. Let's be together and say, oh, it's great fun. Let's live under the umbrella. I just wanted to, we're going to the next slide. This is a verse, I just felt, two verses. I just felt uh, for you, and uh, it's from Revelation 3. just felt God says, Look, those whom I love I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come in, eat with them and they with me. Under God's shadow, God's love, there's a shaping that the Father does. I want you to understand that discipline is not just the... We see discipline, we, we hear detention. Most of you will have read that and thought, oh! Actually, if you're... What's the root word of discipline? Disciple. God, if you're a father, if you're a parent, you're making a disciple. It's not just the, if you do that again, there's going to be trouble. That is right at the end. But there's a whole lot more where you love and you're creating a disciple. You say, oh, this is how we eat and we say thank you and this is what we do. It's not discipline how we hear it. We think discipline, school detention, see the head teacher. Father's discipline is, I'm training you, I'm shaping, I'm making you a disciple. I'm going to save off some of those sharp edges, Adrian. We're going to keep walking. This is how you be. God's fatherly love under this umbrella throw, throws out enough grace to start washing and smoothing us off. God's loving father. I feel like that's what he's been doing. He's been recalibrating. He's been readjusting you here in Jubilee. And I want to say that time has come to an end. Okay, the end of readjustment is now. And what comes after? Those whom I love. And then this this beautiful verse. So I want you to be encouraged. Okay, God's going to discipline us. Actually, God's loving Father is always shaping us. But just read what biblical discipline is. As I say, it's discipling. We're not getting detention from God. He's growing maturity. If you're a father, you're growing your son to maturity. You're discipling them into maturity. And as you grow sons into maturity, guess what? They become fathers. They reproduce. After sons come the fathers. So I say, Lord, shape me like a son the more I'm a son, the more able I'm able to be a father. But here's the bit I wanted to focus on. Verse 20, he says, Here I am. And Jubilee Church, here he is. He's not watching from afar. He's not distant. He says, here, right here. Here I am. And we love you, Lord. We love that you're in this place. 
Here I am, the very nature, God, here I am. Son of God, he's here. He's here this morning. Just so gracious. Amazing, Christ comes and he walks around you. Here I am. Here I am. Lord, we just want to know you. I want to know you. Jubilee, he's never left you. He has never left you, but he's coming again. He's he's here afresh. You don't have to get somewhere to hear him, because he's here. And there's this beautiful invitation. I stand at the door and knock. So he's come. He's come. He's come. I stand at the door and knock. Anyone, if anyone hears my voice, every single one of you isn't anyone. If anyone hears my voice. Do you know what struck me in the Genesis story I touched on a bit earlier? Where God has made Adam and Eve and they've rejected him, they've given him the finger, they said, we're going to eat this apple. That evening, the Bible says, God walked in the garden. That evening. And God calls out, where are you? That's not because he doesn't know where they are. He says, what have you done? That's not because he didn't know what they did. Even in sin, God still wanted to walk in the garden with them. Even in their sin and brokenness, they could still hear God. I just, I just blew my, even in that mess of a moment, God still spoke to them and they spoke back to God. They heard God. You may be here and you think, my life's just a total mess up. You can still hear God and God still comes to you. That's the beauty of the gospel. Right at the start, God says, no mess is too big. I can, here I am. Here I am, and I invite you, whatever is going on around you, whatever history you might think, you just don't know Adrian. I don't, but he does, and he says, here I am. Here, And you can hear his voice. That's not just so we can have some prophetic words. I think God's... Actually, you can hear his voice that speaks affirmation and love and grace over us. You were made for communion with God. So it's no wonder that when you start to listen... Hey, I can hear him. Okay, if you are whatever animal we, we care to choose, if you put it near another of the same animal, they can communicate. Two robins, they can sing. And they, actually, they know that one's saying, this is my field, this is my... Actually, they were made to hear each other. You and the Father were made to hear and listen. Now, many of us, we've spent our lives out here because we think Christianity, following Jesus, is about doing I want to invite you, I'm sure as Rob and others have many times, knowing Jesus is about living here. Father, what, what would you say? Jesus, daily, listening to his Father. It gets even better though, I just love this bit. It says, here I am, I'll knock. If anyone opens the door, this is God speaking. He says, I will come in. Come in. The Father, the Son, the Spirit say, we want to come in. We want to come. Open the door. I think that talks about us as a church, but also individuals. God wants you to be his dwelling place. 
There isn't a building, a brick building in Jerusalem now that that's where he lives. He says, I want to come and live in you. That's amazing. God comes in. Jesus says in John 14, if anyone loves me, he'll obey my teaching. So out of love comes obedience. My father and I will come and make our home. Jesus says, speaking the words of the Father, if you love me, we'll make our home. God wants to make a home in you. That's like where he puts on his slippers. Now we mustn't ever, God's not our best chummy mate. He's the king of rule of the universe. He's our father who's in heaven. Hallowed, holy. There's the authority of God. The other side of the coin we could talk about another time maybe. But there's that authority of God, but also the affection. God wants to make home with you. God wants to make home. Do you know that? God wants to make home in you. In your meetings, God wants to make a home. As we sang fantastic earlier, we are making a home. God lives, God resides in the praise. I'll come in and eat with you. God wants to eat with you. I think, well, that's a really strange thing to say. I understand God wants, I'll come in and eat with them. What does that mean? You know, in John, there's this apostle, uh, or disciple, uh, Simon Peter, and he denies Jesus big time, even though he's declared undying love. Within a few hours, he's, he said, actually, I don't know this guy. He's broken about it. After the cross and the resurrection of Jesus, he goes out fishing because that's what he always was, Simon Peter. And John records that they got near the shore. There was this guy on the shore cooking a meal. Jesus cooking some fish on the barbecue. And in this moment of barbecue and a big catch of fish, Simon Peter realises, it's Jesus, you're alive. And Jesus reconnects. They talk about sometimes a way to a man's heart is through his stomach. <laughs> yeah. So does God. I'll come in and eat with them and they with me. God wants you and I to eat with him. Just take a moment. What does that look like, Lord? Do you want, you want to eat? This is an invitation to eat with him. God invites us to eat. You know, when you eat in our house, with three uh, guys in their twenty, it's very noisy. It's not very ordered. It's just real. That's how God wants to be. Psalmist says, "Taste and see. Taste and see." So, just invite you. Where do you live? Under this umbrella. He invites us. Says Psalm 103, the Lord, he knows how we're made. He has compassion. Adrian, get back to your home. Come back and say, Lord, this is how I work. Lord, I repent. I turn. I turn away from looking and thinking it's about this. I come back to the heart, your heart. Or I say things like, Lord, I renounce that performance measures my value. I believe the truth that you speak my value out of relationship. So I 
It's good to say those things sometimes. I renounce independence. I turn from independence. I receive my dependence on you. I live under the shadow of your wing. It's good to do that.